right, all right, all right. Welcome back, everybody. This is Patrick Higgins with Back to Birding. And this is Luke Thompson. Welcome back, everyone. Yeah, so uh, we have had some very good fun this past week. Yeah, yeah, we have. Christmas bird counts. It's the yes. main main topic today. We we both had some good luck, and um, Patrick had significantly <laughs> more good luck than me, but we I, both had good luck. I will say that I I had one of the best birding weekends of my life. So Patrick outdid me significantly. <laughs> well, um, I guess we'll hold off on mine till later then. So, Luke. Tell me about your Christmas bird count. Well, we can go and s- can we talk about this morning though? I yeah. This is I didn't do any birding this morning, so that's gonna be all you. What do, What did you get? So me and Tim uh, decided to run down to Stevenson Park down in Alabama because Tim had not been there before, and so we we drove down there. And there's a road that parallels the river on the way down, so we took that road down and distracted ourselves and it took forever to get down there so yeah we got we got a lot of birds on the road we got savannah sparrow oh actually the highlight probably of the day was we had a barred owl that i somehow spotted while driving sitting on the on the edge of the road and we watched it catch a crayfish and eat it which was really sick (laughs) what (laughs) yeah a crayfish yeah tim has that, pictures that we'll, is something we'll i've never even heard of yeah wow so we thought it was going to be a mouse and yeah that'd be expected and <laughs> no it wasn't a mouse where did it find one of those it, did, it wasn't swimming around in the creek i guess <laughs> no it was like off to it was just sitting on the edge of the road and there was I, I mean honestly we couldn't really even see the creek there was just like some small little creek um, what in the world and some grass and it was like looking around we could tell it was looking for something then it dropped down came back up and we thought it was a mouse until we looked at the pictures turns out crayfish well goodness gracious that is something that i've never ever heard of um yeah wow it was it was cool so what what was targets down there? What was we didn't really what have were you any looking for any specific targets. Hoping for something weird like a long spur because there's a bunch of good fields for that. We didn't have any long spur or, or horned lark or some weird duck, but you know, just seeing Tim had never been down there. He just wanted to check it out. There's some places that could have had Lacant sparrow that we had no luck luck though, mm. unfortunately. But well. Yeah. Yeah, so how about this, uh, you did the Chattanooga CBC? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I am honestly don't know. Is the Hiawassee CBC different? Oh, yeah, the Hiawassee okay. is different. Okay. So the Chat CBC is essentially the first Saturday available to do a CBC every year, and then the Hiawassee CBC is on January 1st every year. Um the Hiawassee CBC should have more birds, but it doesn't because less people do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I've I've kind of heard that about the Hiawassee area in general, is that there's it's critically underbirded. Critically, in my yeah. opinion. You probably mostly <laughs> heard that from me. It is critically underbirded. Like, I have seen lots and lots of good birds there. I mean, 
I have a checklist with Prairie Falcon and LeConte Sparrow on it. I have seen that checklist. That's unreal. Me and you have birded that once now. Yeah. Thoroughly. And we did not get either of those birds, but no. to but have Prairie Falcon in Tennessee alone. But it was the 11th state record at the time, yeah. Especially East Tennessee. Holy cow. And Tim and I had 87 species there this fall. Uh, and a new state, a uh, new county record. Shorter uh, Dow. Shorter Dow, yeah. And Golden Eagle, you yeah. know, it has a lot of ducks, lots of sandhill cranes. So, yeah, it's a it's a great place. I I think Hiawassee is definitely the most, or one of the most underbirded areas in this area of the state. I mean, it's it's phenomenal, but. I'd I'd say so. Wow. Yeah, but for the chat CBC. Yeah. So how about the the one you actually did? <laughs> the <laughs> one I actually did. Yeah. Um. So I slept in my car, and as you should, as as you should, woke up at three thirty in the morning, and drove down to Baylor. We went for some owls. We were hoping to get the owl sleep sweep, get screech owl, great horned owl. And barred owl. So I was with this guy, um, young guy who just moved here from Idaho. His name is Austin. And we hopped out. We played some some owl tape. So we ran through, you know, Screech Owl, Bard, and Great Horned. I was on my school's campus. I was at Baylor for pretty much the whole day. And, yeah, we went and checked out all of this forested area or the ones close to the car because it was cold and (laughs) we were feeling (laughs) relatively lazy yeah that's sometimes that's the bad thing about the winter birding is it's difficult to get out of the car (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean we actually we walked like a half mile or more into the woods but nothing too crazy Mm -hmm. um and about 30 minutes in we got five screech owls going at once at the same time? Yeah. Uh, well, we saw one fly in, and that one didn't even call. And then there were two calling straight in front of us, one up the hill and then one way off to the side. It was really cool. Wow. I've, yeah. That's awesome. Sometimes you get five in a day, you know, kind of scattered. but Yeah, five at in once. In the same place. Goodness gracious. Yeah, um, and then we lucked into a great horned owl giving, like, a very half-hearted hoot <laughs> mm. on the way back as we were trying to warm our fingers back up, <laughs> yeah. walking back to the car. Yeah. And then we failed to get barred out. It was <laughs> it was a struggle. There's yeah. this So there's a spot at Baylor right next to um, the cattail marsh that we have on campus that I have seen barred owl in the day sitting out in the open several times. Yeah. And we walked through all of that forest, which in that trail that we walked, I have flushed barred owls during the day many times. I have heard them at night many times. And we played tape. We walked through the forest. We shined everywhere. No mm-hmm. luck. It yeah. was it was a struggle. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes those ones you get often are the hardest ones. <laughs> yeah. You're that's, like, that's the funny thing about... CBCs and big days and stuff it's what surprises you even more than the rare stuff you might get is what you don't get yeah which is kind of funny but yeah after that we went to to check the geese and uh, 
and my heart jumped because there was a goose that was really, really hunched up and next to one of the biggest candidates in the flock, and I couldn't see its head. And both of us were like, oh, my God, is that a cackler? Yeah. It wasn't a cackler. It was, uh, it was just false hope. But bummer. Bummer. We kind of struggled for waterfowl on the day, honestly. But, you know, we had decent amount of birds at Baylor, and then we paddled across to Williams Island, um, which was probably the, the highlight of the day. That was, that was pretty fun. We got – Oh, great. We got, well, we actually, the biggest reason we went over there is because there's a pond there that allegedly has a lot of ducks on the, in the winter. It had zero, <laughs> zero oh, ducks. No. <laughs> yeah. But we got fox sparrow, um, which was really cool for Austin because he was, <laughs> it popped up. He was like, oh, my God, it's a red. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a red fox. But he's from Idaho, and he has, like doesn't ever see them. Oh, so yeah. it was like he thought it was amazing <laughs> to see a red fox sparrow. Um, yeah, there's so much variation uh, across their range and um, their phenotypes. But yeah, it's probably multiple species. If I were to <laughs> if I were to guess, another one of those. But yeah, what is a species, anyways? But you know, <laughs> we got fox sparrow. There were a lot of sparrows. There were a lot of sparrows. Uh, <laughs> for the day, we got in total we got 188 white-throated sparrows, 25 savanna sparrows. Eight fox sparrows, 30 field sparrows, only one chipping sparrow, which is kind of crazy. Um, seven orange-crowned warbler, which is which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, they used to not be. We didn't be, get any. Yeah. Like my group. Oh, someone someone got one on the Railfoot CBC, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. They were on the CBC, but my, not, my group didn't get one. Not your group, word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we got a good amount of orange-crowned warblers. And then just lots of sparrows on Williams Island, which was sick. And then we had a merlin perch up in a tree real close, and we got to just sit there and watch it for like 15 minutes, which was pretty amazing. Merlins are these tiny, perpetually angry falcons that (laughs) we normally, I feel like, see them either sitting way far away or just jetting over for half a second. They are truly like aircraft. Yeah, so, so fast. Yeah. That means actually this, in the past three days, I've seen all three falcons because we had a peregrine falcon just going for ducks today. Um, That's cool. So, yeah, we had. Yeah, we, we did not have uh, Merlin on the whole reel for one either. Really? Yeah. We had two on the day. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great, man. We, yeah. It wasn't like the, the best CBC that I've had at Baylor, but it wasn't bad by any means mm-hmm. we went and poached some ducks because we wanted to see ducks um yeah at the animacola marsh and then i had promised him woodcock uh did you end up getting it no <laughs> i was like last year it was immediate when we went to this spot mm-hmm. nope not this year dang but it's it's all good it was it was a fun day yeah. generally so you know yeah that's great man lots of birding so yeah. Um, do you know the total number for y'all and for the whole group? The entire Chattanooga CBC will not be, we won't know the total number until like <sighs> two weeks from now because <laughs> no, like love Kevin, but he's not very quick <laughs> with this. And sometimes I, f- I forget to sit in list, but you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's always like so do a y'all, long time. Do y'all not meet up the day of? 
I wish we did. Yeah. We we were all talking about that actually. We did a little lunch or a dinner after the fact. Me, Tim, Austin, and Lizzie and John Diener. Mm-hmm. We we went and grabbed some pizza and talked birds for a while. But nice. We could. There wasn't a group compilation. Compilation. Something interesting actually that both Tim and Austin were pointing out, um, especially Austin through the day. He was like, "Wow, this is a small area to cover for a CBC." Um, mm. there's just so many people I think in Chattanooga that it makes it just a small area and I don't think it's well organized mm. also but like there were groups with like five people in them yeah uh, yeah, we had a couple of those as well but and I don't know Austin was saying it was really really weird at the end of the day at least for him coming from uh, the CBCs he did in Idaho he said it was really weird for him to be waiting at the end of the day. Normally they're rushing in to the last spot because we were waiting for about 30 minutes for it to get dark for Woodcock. So, hmm. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we uh we actually ended ours a little bit prematurely. Like we didn't – we counted everything as soon as it got dark together. Uh-huh. Um, we didn't, like, try and again for owls or woodcocks um, once nightfall came. Yeah, neither did so, we. Yeah. Well, we we tried for woodcock, but we mm-hmm. didn't try in the morning. So. Yeah. But yeah, man. So some good birding. Some good birding. Uh, did you do anything else this weekend? Not not really. I mean, honestly, the most fun birding was the what I just did with Tim. We yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, going down. There we saw a lot of kestrels today. We saw like fifteen twenty. Uh, really. Which is cool. But yeah, just seeing all those ducks again, lots and lots of gadwall and. We had something like 300 canvas back and stuff oh, like that. That's great. Which is good for this area, but I'm sure you got a bunch of stuff in real foot. So. Well, we didn't have crazy duck numbers on really? our route at all, no. Um, I, some of the guys on different parts of the lake might have, but my, <laughs> my uh, territory is formerly known as the avian desert because it's uh, there's almost never anything reported of substance out of that territory but your cbc i know was uh pretty incredible so the avian desert what 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 (laughs) avian life came out of the avian desert um a lot more than uh, this time last year i can tell you that much so chris ag and i were able to do the one last year with alan trentley who's uh, really big into butterflies and, and birds so he's he's fun to be with um, and then this year we took Josh Stevenson along with us, which is a, a Nashville birder. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a group of four, and we mostly got nearly the entire east side of Real Foot Lake, um, which is pretty cool, like really, really cool. Um, I thought it was – is that the avian desert, the east side? Well, so the route that Chris Ag has had for – a good minute now, a few years, has been the northeast side of the lake, mm-hmm. and that's what, or the sorry, the southeast side of the lake, and that's what's been called the avian desert. But there have been some older folk doing the better northeastern side of the lake, and one of them moved on this year, and and then the other one did not um, want to do it, so. Last year, we got to fill in for them for the first time 
and then this year we officially like took over that that portion of the territory so a, a lot more familiar with the land this yeah. time which made a huge difference i'm sure and honestly what i think was the biggest difference was the conditions so last year we we were in just above freezing weather and steady 30 or 40 mile an hour winds that is <laughs> not good conditions wow no, it, i mean it just the wind last year just made it impossible to see anything on the water because like, everything was tucked in and trying to stay warm and we couldn't hear anything that made it where scoping was hard because you couldn't keep anything still it was just a mess and it was really fun last year regardless but with this year to compare it to, it's like, oh, man, I, yeah. I, I really know what it should be like now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So <laughs> Me and Tim were talking. We we're like, wow, we were jealous of all the birds he got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really stark contrast um, in uh, the last two years now. So the, the real foot Christmas bird count is one of the oldest in the state, if not the oldest. I don't, I don't honestly know, but mm. it's been going on for a real good amount of time and it's around real foot lake which is the exact opposite corner of tennessee from chattanooga yeah it's, we're in the southeast yeah. tennessee or corner of tennessee right now real foot is in the northwest right right so um, i drove up there and met up with all those guys and at i think five twenty, we officially like started mm-hmm. our account and the first bird of the day was a barred owl just sitting on a post, so immediately we were feeling good because last year we didn't even get a bar out. <laughs> yeah, let's go, yep, let's go. So I feel for you there, but um, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> but we um, we had a little bit more of a gauge on where we should go at what times, um, having done the route prior now. So we we went to Walnut Log Road, which is a um, a little bit more of a, a wetland area with some uh, agriculture fields, and w- we just want a woodcock. I mean, it's one of the best places in the CBC for woodcock is in that area, and we didn't get it last year, and it was a pretty big miss. So we posted up at a spot that we thought might be good. We got it, and we were just sitting there quiet listening for the woodcock uh, flight calls. Um, heard it, and then we were just dead silent, and we hear and just all of us just freeze and then saw it out. Like, it caught all of us off guard. Holy crap, and dude. <laughs> That's crazy. I know. And, you know, there was no wind. We heard everything clear. All of us just, like, immediately recognized it. I love Chris Agee, but his ears aren't the best. But he heard it right away. So he was like, man, I can't even hear. And I heard that sucker. So I mean, <laughs> that was funny. But, I mean... Holy cow. And then, Dude, so we, that's incredible. Yeah. So we then, is that a lifer for you too? Yeah, right? Yes. Yeah. It was a lifer. And for those that don't know, Northern Sawwet Owl is one that typically only comes down um, the Appalachian Mountains in Tennessee. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's year round there. It's, just, it's really hard still, but it's year round. And uh, we did mention this in the last episode, but we think that owls are more widespread than are than they're believed to be. Yeah, and solid owls have this pretty incredible migration. 
like there's spots south of us where they ban them and they catch them. Yep. They're just never seen or almost never seen or heard mm-hmm. during like if you unless you're banding. So they're they are here. They migrate down from boreal <laughs> forests. Yeah, it, they're just a super hard bird, regardless. Incredibly hard bird. Um, turns out it was the first county record for O'Brien as well. Um, <laughs> it was Dude. the first northern sawwhead owl ever seen on the real foot Christmas bird count, so that was freaking crazy. But we did playback, and it responded twice uh, with single note calls. And then we went back later uh, that night and tried to get like tried to refind it but it was raining so it didn't we did not relocate it but i mean we started the day that was an hour before sunrise and immediately just like this is going to be good <laughs> yeah that's a g- amazing start yeah I, all of our adrenaline was just pumping um that was so so fun i definitely did not expect my life or saw wet to come from um, west tennessee but that's incredible, man. Yeah. We were just talking about last episode, I think, going <laughs> yeah. up to the Smokies yes, to get Sawa. We were. We were. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that was not even on my radar. One was heard there last year about this time, but that was in Lake County. And, you know, it had never been seen on or heard on the count. So that was nuts. And it was really cool to get to contribute something like that to the count. But yeah. But yeah, we uh, we went on from there and did some birding that morning. We had a pretty good day in general. We had 82 species uh, with with wow. our group, and the the total tally on the day with all, every group um, was 121, which is the second highest in real foot history. So. Which is pretty incredible. That was nuts. Super, super happy with how that all turned out. But I know you had some other birds too. <laughs> yeah, we did. We we just kind of birded around that morning and got, you know, pretty much all of our expected species, which is hard. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's uh, pretty incredible in itself to get yeah. all the expected. Yeah, we had 72 by lunch, um, which was really nice. That's crazy. Yeah. And happy to get that much because it started raining about two. Yeah, um, yeah. Which wasn't too detrimental, but it did kind of slow things down for sure. And we didn't miss, like, field sparrow. For the day? For the, for the day. Really? <laughs> that was by far our biggest miss. Because we were in habitat from morning to night. But <laughs> we just didn't get it. They were not on the east side of the lake. Okay, so that morning we were at the visitor center, the Real Foot Visitor Center, and um, there's a really big field in the back of that thing with pristine Leconte Sparrow habitat. And that, I mean, for me, it's a lifer. It's one that, like, we weren't positive. Like, we've never had that on our count. Um mm-hmm. Other people obviously have had that. It's yearly, but um, it was a new one for us. And, you know, I had never seen one before. I don't really know exactly the habitat until this point. But What's a Leconte Sparrow, Patrick? <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful little guy. It's a super secretive sparrow with a beautiful yellow crown stripe and male stripe. 
and the nape is gray with some very fine purple streaking and they will crawl around under the grass like mice and they'll pop up if you flush them and then go right back down and keep crawling around so they're they're really hard to they're like impossible to see <laughs> yeah yeah you really can only see them in in flight for about 2 seconds but we we walked about 2 or 3 miles through this field and we got to a little portion that was just perfect for them and it had been previously burned mm. um so there were these really young growth trees completely stripped of their leaves and kind of charred which offered a perch for anything we were flushing which mm-hmm. was like that doesn't really happen typically when in areas that have viable habitat for lacans. what is viable habitat for lacans? what's that look like um so they like a couple of different kinds of grasses but this was what panicium panicium panic grass yeah, panic uh, grass. yeah. I, i'm not positive how to say it and it's not yeah. a big deal but <laughs> this was uh, flattened down dampened and just ideal it is so they like it to be flattened a little bit it was really short it was um pushed down with just a few little strands sticking up still um so like six inches high something like that yeah just about that and a damp bottom because it was pushed down so um that is exactly what i was walking through (laughs) earlier today dude (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so i mean as soon as we saw it it's like thought LeConte's and it's like man let's let's walk in a line try and flush some stuff up and as soon as we stepped foot in that habitat two birds like jolted and one of them perched up and it was LeConte's and we like (laughs) freaked out and then so we just like kept trying to see them and we ended up getting five but I bet you anything there were 50 in that field really yeah it was it was a large piece of habitat Mm -hmm. and I mean those things are hard to flush up so who knows what kind of numbers were there but that was amazing and uh, my yeah. second lifer on the day um, I honestly pretty incredible yeah honestly didn't think I was going to get that this year because I was not able to get into the refuges um, before they closed for the winter so this was really my last chance because they really are only in some of those um, refuges not only but primarily yeah yeah uh, um but going on from there, we got some lunch and what was the lunch? <laughs> barbecue. We we found a good barbecue place. Ooh, that sounds yeah. amazing. <laughs> that sounds really good. Yeah, right it, now it was it was very good. But we we left there and our our territory involves a very small town, Sandberg there, and we were just kind of driving past a few little buildings and we see this brown and yellow bird flying next to the car and we slam on the brakes and all of us, we realize it's not a metal arc and we're really confused and we see it and it's a freaking yellow breasted chat. Which what? <laughs> the what? <laughs> and all of us just like are so confused. This is a strictly summer bird in our area. Um, first one ever seen on the Real Foot CBC. Yeah, I only know of one other <laughs> winter record for the state. 
Yeah, I have no idea. If Do you know what subspecies it was? Uh, I have pictures of it that we can probably deem that with, but I don't know the subspecies. It would well. be interesting to see if it was a Western. Uh, yeah, that's it's possible. It was acting so weird. It landed up close in this tree, and then it flew into the bushes in front of this girl's house. Like, it was just right hanging out by her air conditioner. That's <laughs> wild. And, and we just drove on. We got bored of it after a minute, but it just wild and really the last bird we expected we have all these target species and we get a chat but so you know two new lifers for me and then two new real foot cbc birds yeah Um, that's incredible yeah so i mean just crazy and yellow-breasted chats are these like chunky kind (laughs) of awkward looking skulkers they're considered new world warblers but no not anymore Really? They're in Icteridae. They're in their their own Icteridae. They're in their own family. They're it's the same as blackbirds except there's two eyes somewhere just to make it confusing. (laughs) Icteridae. Icteridae. But yeah, (laughs) they're these like chunky, awkward skulkers. They're green or green or brown on top with this chunky. Yeah, it it is kind of an olive, which I haven't honestly known, but it it is more of a olive than straight brown. Yeah. Which is interesting, but and then a yellow breast, obviously, hence yeah, the name, and a white belly and uh, a white little eye ring. But they love second growth areas here in the summer, and they're easy to find. And they have these w- weird little songs. They mimic stuff in it, so um, they're they're a really cool bird. Not one you ever see in the winter, though. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, they sound like something out of Star Wars, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's it's silly, but really really crazy day and. We just were able to hit so many targets. We were so happy about it. But um, somebody else got two Limpkins, which were also new real foot CBC birds. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> Where were they you know, at? Were they continuing? or? Uh, I think somebody had a spot that they thought they might be at. But honestly, our whole territory, we were looking for them and expecting them because we had... It was primarily wetland, so mm-hmm. honestly, thought we were going to be the ones to get that. But yeah, luckily someone else did because we did not. So um, three, whenever we met up and counted everything, we had three um, new real foot CBC birds and the second highest total. But Alan Troyer, who just got back from Europe and is already yeah, killing it, he by was the way. he was in Europe for nine months. Um, sadly missed some good birds. Um, he's been back for about a week and a half, if that, and he found a black leg kittiwake in our backyard. <laughs> that both of us missed, right? Yeah, somehow. Um, and he found this bird I'm about to tell you about. So we are tallying up our total. Um, him and Victor Stoll were in a group together, and it was dusk, so he's telling us this story. It was dusk, and he was about a mile into the woods on this trail at Keystone Pocket. Um, and it's, I mean, it's dark out. It's, it's, the sun is down. <laughs> like, mm. they, it is, there's hardly any light out. And he's doing some playback just to, as a last ditch effort, um, some screech out playback to try and get a mob going. And he says an impid comes out of the understory. Jeez. And he, Obviously, just like, oh my gosh, it's an impid. And he gets his bins on it for about two seconds. He said there was a branch over the primary wing projection. 
Oh, are so you serious? He couldn't get it, and he. So, yeah, his this is kind of <laughs> crucial to know what's going on here. If you're not a birder, impids is this group of impidonax flycatchers. Yeah, we, we talked about like maybe in the, even in the last episode. Yeah, how they're hard, man. They're <laughs> like they are almost like some of them. It's really hard to identify without a vocalization. Some of them you can't. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like. They all look nearly identical. And there is some overlap on some of the species. So. Yeah. And they are supposed to not be in the eastern U.S. right now. So whenever there's... <laughs> yeah. If there's any impid reported anywhere over here, it's immediately rare. So Yeah. And like weird western vagrants are more likely than one of our more expected eastern species. So right. whenever you see one in the winter, it's like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, so he told us that his immediate impression based on like a two second view, um, he saw some, it was flitting its wings a lot, which is really good for Hammonds. So, which would be a first state record. It had a really bold eye ring and it was flitting its wings like that. He couldn't see the wing projection. He thought it was between least flycatcher and Hammonds. Least would not be. Um, even a first for the real fit CBC, but really, yeah, somehow, but, um, that's surprising. Yeah. But he, he thought it was a Hammonds. And so myself, Chris Agee, Josh Stevenson, the Stoles, Alan Troyer, and one of their friends from Belize that was on the CBC with them. We all went out to the spot that he saw it, um, the night before. And it was honestly a best case scenario because, it was raining when he saw it, and it was dark. So the odds of it staying put overnight were, like, good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So we were out there at sunrise, and we posted up in a line all the way down the trail, just looking for it to come out. Um, and about 7-ish a.m., we hear, uh, <laughs> hear somebody whistle down the trail, and then we all just start running towards it, and they have it. So what could not be seen in the low light was how yellow it was yeah so it was a western flycatcher which just got lumped just got lumped yeah used to be pacific slope and cordilleran and now it's western flycatcher based on good reasons and pacific slope has been seen in the state but uh, cordilleran has not so what we were all trying to figure out was which subspecies it's it might not going to be resplit though, so yeah, it well, doesn't really matter. Who knows what they're going to do? <laughs> I, have you looked at the papers? Uh, no, but I doubt they'll resplit it. But it's always safe. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so we we got it, and it was flitting around for us um, for a few minutes, and uh, based on some vocalizations and little um, little calls, that we decided it was Pacific Slope subspecies of western flycatcher in case it does split in the future so unlikely (laughs) um but that was a lifer for me and alan troyer it was a lifer for alan yeah i could have heard him wrong but that's that's what i was aware of um and if not sorry alan but but yeah it was a lifer for three of us there and so that was awesome Sweet. It's I guess like a slight letdown for Alan because he thought it would be a first state record. Yeah, I, yeah. That's uh, honestly a slight letdown for a lot of those guys because they were really hoping it would be first state record. But it was not a letdown for me at all because it was a liver. But beautiful little tiny little impid. So that was just incredible and completely unexpected. Yeah. But because he saw it yesterday. Well, he saw it Saturday. I did it Sunday. 
they can officially put it on the Real Foot CBC as the Western Flycatcher. So there were four new Real Foot CBCs. That's incredible. Yeah. It's just, and honestly, like, not many northern birds pushing down. So, like, it was just some good stuff overall and just just weird stuff yeah Chat. weird stuff not stuff holding over like western we didn't, flycatcher we didn't limkin have, makes sense yeah limkin was expected and um, really hoped for but you know the other stuff not so much um but you know saw what was probably going to happen here sooner or later but um, it was awesome to be the people to make that happen. Uh, yeah, you know. and you weren't even trying for it, no. which is crazy to me because well, all the stories I hear, I think, are usually <laughs> people doing calls, playback. playback. And honestly, it was a best case scenario because it gave us the toot calls instead of the scream or even the fluttering, um, the like little flitty call, which is hard to describe, but it's like a little songbird. But the screech owl also does that. And then the barred owl does a call, like a scream call, really similar. So it, we didn't get a recording. So if we didn't have a recording and we were just going based off one of those two things, it would have been really hard to believe. Yeah. But the two calls are unmistakable and the only thing like it. So, you know, it was fantastic. I don't know, so exciting. But, um, so like continuing on birding on Sunday, like we had a bunch of targets that around Lake County around real foot that we just were wanting to hit um and we got western meadowlark which frequents west tennessee pretty often but they can be pretty difficult to pick out was Um, that a lifer for you too it was a lifer i thought i thought i had seen them in hawaii but i looked back at my list and they were not there so that was a lifer for me wow yeah so four lifers now um and Soon to be five. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, so we kept going. And Rough-Legged Hawk had been seen for about a week there. Two of them were found. Um, and then a third one was found during the CBC. So there's Really? Where there's was the third one found? Uh, Chris Lone, right? Yeah, Chris Lone and his group had that one. And it, they said it was a light morph. They said the head was so white they weren't even sure what it was. But, um so yeah three different individuals there uh, and we got to see one of those and that was also a lifer so five lifers yeah and rough-legged hawk it's a northern hawk like yeah yeah and and that spot it's a jolly landing at real foot and mm-hmm. they've had them almost yearly but it sometimes they're only one day wonders and stuff so um it was really great to get to see that guy got a couple pictures of him but northern solid owl Lacan Sparrow, and Western Meadowlark, Western Flycatcher, and Rough-Legged Hawk were my five lifers. That's incredible, yeah. dude. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'd, I was honestly only expecting Rough-Legged Hawk and hopefully Western Meadowlark, but I didn't even know that was a lifer. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were texting about it, like, and yeah. <laughs> it was like he hadn't gotten the Rough-Legged Hawk and he had already had lifers, and I was like, that was the... <laughs> thing that we talked about know. you know i know oh, and the only other target i really had was brewer's blackbird because i still need that as a lifer as well but we didn't get that we had no blackbirds the entire day really the only blackbirds we had were like at dusk and we had like 500 um red wing blackbirds coming to a roost and these cattails um but 
and then I think there were some cowbirds mixed in, but man, we had no blackbirds on that whole side of the lake, and we didn't get any whenever we just went around Lake County. So that's crazy. Yeah, they had them on the count, but we could not find them. So man, now we got to find one around here. Yeah, I know, and that's that's not one that's um, impossible at all for for here. It's just a matter of really picking through some rusty blackbirds. But Speaking of, I well, saw that like somebody had them down well, here. Well, it was it wasn't legit. Uh, oh, really? After looking at the pictures, it got changed to Rusty Blackbird oh, bummer. on eBird. But we had a big group of maybe 500 to 1,000 Red Wing Blackbirds with some Rusties mixed, in, mixed mm-hmm. in. And it was just at dawn, and it wasn't light enough to see details. But we had a super, super gray, Rusty-type Blackbird, and we couldn't see the eyes. Oh, man. And, like any really identifying features but there's a good chance it was a brewers which that would have yeah, been sick yeah that would have been great but, but yeah so west tennessee is typically one of the better places in the state to get brewers i think and i've seen a list with over a thousand brewers from there yeah well so scattered throughout the state you can get one or two or three mixed in to flocks of rusty blackbirds but in west tennessee sometimes you'll get a flock of 40 or 50 or something crazy like, like what Luke is referencing. But yeah, um, but yeah, no luck for us in that department this weekend. And we'll find one. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it'll happen here soon. But um, I broke the 400 mark on my lifers. Let's so go. Yeah, that yeah. that was that was something I was really wanting to do before the end of the year. And congrats, it, man! It, I got you know broke it sooner than I necessarily expected. Just found this brewery's blackbird high count for the state. Thirty-five hundred. Holy wow. cow! And that's by Mark Green, so it's right. <laughs> yeah, we encountered a decent-sized flock of blackbirds feeding and bathing in a cattle feedlot. We pulled over to see if we could find Brewer's Blackbird and realized that they were almost all Brewer's Blackbirds. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's incredible. And that was on a CBC. Apparently, the second highest count U.S. wide for a Christmas bird count. Wow. <laughs> Holy cow. That's incredible. But yeah, some really good birds and really, really happy with how everything went. Man, it makes me not ever want a bird anywhere else than West Tennessee. <laughs> but I need to go out there. I was, I have family in town, so I can't like, you know, <laughs> drop everything and make a trip. But Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the Western flycatcher was seen again this morning. So I actually dipped on the, the one that was in the state earlier. Oh, really? We drove up there and then like looking and looking and it got dark we couldn't see it and i couldn't make another trip up there because of school so yeah man yeah I, I was not chasing at that time so i didn't even know about that one but um, yeah a, a few people did miss him but yeah that was uh yeah crazy yeah so uh, a whole lot of great birding and just really happy with how everything went yeah i actually i forgot like probably the actually the best bird that we got for the count uh, we got five marshrens uh, on oh, Baylor yeah. Lake, and which that's great. I think we only had one at the Real Foot CBC. Yeah, Chris Sloan, but and that's like a pretty high number yeah. for the state in winter. Like, there's places where you'll get great numbers in migration, but mm-hmm. winter, I know Alan Troyer had like 17 at some marsh. Uh, I wouldn't doubt it. He gets, <laughs> but <laughs> he goes places that other people just don't. 
and he, he gets the birds. Yeah. Like, he goes a mile into the woods while it's pouring rain and dark, and he gets a western flycatcher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, he found the uh, curlew sandpiper last fall um, out at Duck River Unit. So that was an incredible bird. Yeah, that was insane. Man, that I, I wish I had gotten to see that guy. I wish, yeah, me too. I mean, I saw a checklist, I think, that had curlew, sandpiper, wimbrel, and marbled godwood on it. What? I think it's I think it's a Reuben Stoll checklist. I, I would not doubt it. Goodness gracious. But we can also find this one super quick. Yeah, I remember seeing that and just being in awe. And I, uh, that month of September, 30 species of seen were of shorebirds were seen at the Duck River unit. So, <laughs> thirty species. Wow. Yeah, it was it was incredible. But yeah, we got went to the edge of. I haven't actually checked for marshrens since like migration, so I wasn't sure if we were gonna get any. Mm-hmm. But we went to the edge of the lake where we had been seeing them, where we got that one with Tim. Right. And yeah, we were actually trying for sedrin, so we were playing sedrin ch- tape to see if we could get one. We did not get sedrin, but turned around i was about to say oh we should try for marsh and turned around or austin turned around and he was like ah, i think there's one right here <laughs> <laughs> and first off we thought it was just one and then we heard a call off in the reeds and then there were 10 or not 10 not 10 that would be crazy there are four <laughs> Jeez. right in front of us i don't so know where 10 so came five from. five on the day five on the day well wow. and there were four right in front of us including one that got within five feet out in the open which was pretty incredible yeah, yeah baylor is definitely one of the best places for marsh run in the in the county at least in the county yeah here it is <laughs> wimbrel marbled godwit curlew sandpiper baird sandpiper just thrown in that roseate spoonbill seven of them <laughs> just for fun on a Jeez. list uh, we got audio yeah. of the godwit that's incredible all of those are hard <laughs> Wimbrel very hard in the state. Yeah, Marble, Marble Godwit very hard in the state. Annual but hard. Uh, Curlew Sandpiper impossible. <laughs> two or three state records, I think. Yeah, just absolutely two. incredible bird. Yeah. Alan Troyer did a, uh, a a big year in Humphreys. Uh, yeah, he broke the record, right? Yeah, he did. He did a Humphreys County big year. He had like two eighty six or something crazy. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to find what he what he got. He got two seventy four. Jeez. He and he <laughs> went until that last day. He got <laughs> a bird on December thirty first, Western Meadowlark. Wow. But I that, mean, that's got to be one of the highest county totals in the state for one year. I think it probably is the highest uh, county I, total. Man, holy cow! Because yeah, I mean, he he killed it that year. And, <laughs> and he's a younger guy. He's mid twenties. So that's. Man, inspirational. <laughs> yeah, that's what a, what a crazy year. I one of my favorite stories from that year. <laughs> he was uh, going to chase a redneck grebe for his county list, and he was just speeding sixty miles per hour along on this country road, and a bird flew across the road, and he was like, "Oh, that's a weird bluebird. It's a Townsend solitaire." <laughs> A Townsend Solitaire. Which was the first chase or second chaseable Townsend Solitaire, which is this m- mountainous western bird. Yeah. Found it. It's incredible. And, man. And while he, driving at 60 miles yeah, per hour. Yeah, got it while driving. Yeah, so a whole bunch of people got to see that, and I sadly did not get a chance to break away and get up there uh, for that. But, man, some good incredible. birds we got here in Tennessee. Some good birds. Yeah, some good birds and some good birders. 
Well, yeah, we will probably be wrapping it up here. Um, this, yeah. This is great talking about our weekend and the CBC luck. For sure. Um, we will see you guys on the next one.